Good morning. Today is Sunday, August 30th, 2020. In yesterday's Parsha, we read about a mitzvah. It is not practically applicable today, but it is an essential part of the Jewish judicial system during the time when Jewish law controls what happens in Israel. And the Torah says as follows, If there shall be a dispute between people, and they shall come before the judges, and the judges will judge them and find one innocent and one guilty, then for certain crimes, the punishment was malchus, lashes, corporal punishment. Arboim yakenu, 40 lashes they shall hit, Lo Yosef, no more. Forty is the maximum. The subject of Malchus of Lashes as a punishment for certain kinds of crime is a very important and interesting subject. I'm not suggesting that anybody start to practice it now, but there's a lot to talk about why this punishment, how it was carried out, what does it mean, what role does it play within the judicial system, that's a very important subject that we'll leave for another time. What I want to focus on is the number because the Talmud makes it clear that it is not the case that different crimes call for different numbers of lashes. Maybe a lesser crime, a lesser number, or a, a worse crime, a larger number. No, there is such a thing as lashes. And the maximum is 40. That's what the Torah says. Arboim yakenu lo Yosef. 40, no more. What happened in each case is that a court that was about to impose the penalty of lashes had a doctor. And the doctor would examine the prisoner and would determine how much the prisoner could take without being seriously harmed. It was meant to be painful, but not debilitating. So each person would get a different number based on their own uh, uh, health and their own uh, strength, uh, but again, not to exceed, uh, not to exceed 40. Then the Talmud asks an interesting question. The Talmud says, it's a Mishnah in the Tractate of Makos, which deals with this subject, says the Mishnah, Kama Malkin. How many lashes does a person get? Now that's an interesting question because the Torah says how much you get. The Torah says, It could not be more clear. The Torah says you get 40. So how is the Mishnah coming a thousand years later asking how many do you get? Even more surprising than the question is the answer. Says the Mishnah, Kama Malkanoso, how many lashes do we give? Arboyim Chosar Achas, 40 minus 1, which is 39. So it's very strange because the Torah does, it could not be more explicit where the Torah says 40. Number one, why does the Gemara ask 
how many? And number two, why, how do you come up with a different number when the Torah clearly says 40? So the Mishnah explains, but mispar arboyim, that the Torah says you should give the number 40, in other words, minyan shehu samuch le'arboyim, the number that is right next to 40 which is 39. Again, it is kind of a strange interpretation because the Torah does say the words arboim yakenu, 40 lashes. But the Mishnah interprets it as meaning the number that would be right up against 40, meaning like uh, not including for the, the highest number but not including 40, which is 39. Okay, 39. Now, then the Talmud says an amazing thing. The Talmud says as follows. Amar Rava. Rava makes the following statement. Kama tibshoi sharinshi. Most people are so foolish most people do something that if they would just think about it, they would realize how foolish they are being. Everybody knows we open the ark and the Torahs are open, we stand up. When somebody is walking with the Torah, we all stand up. We were in the middle of a class yesterday and someone brought the Torah in from Shul into the tent. We all stood up. Of course, you want to show honor to the Torah. But it's so silly, says Rava, that in the presence of a Torah scroll, we stand up. But But we don't stand up in the presence of a great person. How is it that we show greater honor to a Torah scroll than we do to a great person? A great person is deserving of even more respect than a Torah scroll. And I'll prove it to you, says Rabbi. The ilu for Torah siv arboyim. Because the Torah says if a person's going to get lashes, they get 40. Asu Rabbanim Batsuchada came along the rabbis. They said, no, not 40, 39. So which one is deserving of more admiration? Which one is deserving of more honor? Which one is deserving of more appreciation and gratitude? The Torah that says 40? Or the rabbis that came along and said 39? Of course, it's the rabbis that came along and said 39. A person who can look at a Torah verse that has a number and it seems like it is the most obvious, incontrovertible fact that the number is the number. And a person, a scholar, with his or her genius is able to interpret it in a way that the actual meaning is different than the number that is given. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's a gavra rabba. That's a great person. 
And that person deserves at least as much respect as the Torah itself. Here's the question I want to ask you. Okay, so Rava had this idea that it is possible to see that a person could be as great as, if not greater than, a Torah scroll and deserving of honor equal to a Torah scroll because a great person, a very intelligent, clever person could look at a verse in the Torah that has a number where the number is clear-cut and then interpret it to mean a different number. Okay? Now, if Rava wanted to teach us that lesson, presumably, he would start at Bereshus. He would start at the beginning of the Torah and he would go through the Torah, Parsha by Parsha, until he finds a proof text where there is a clear number and where the rabbis come along and reinterpret that to mean a different number. And then along comes Rab Rava with his statement, you see how great the rabbis is. And he's looking and he's looking. He starts in Bereshus and in Noach and in Lech Lecha and in Shemos and Vayikra and Bamibar. Finally, he comes to our Parsha yesterday, Parsha's Kiseitze, and he finds the number 40. Rabbis say it's only 39. That's his lesson, and that's what he teaches us. Just one small problem. If, in fact, Rava was starting from the beginning of the Torah, he didn't have to go that far. There's another example much earlier in the Torah, in the book of Ayikra, where the Torah says concerning counting the Omer, the Torah says, Usafartem lochem, and you shall count for yourselves the day of the Omer from the second day of Pesach, Tisperu chamishim yom, 50 days, chamishim is 50, but we all know that we count 40 days. So here you have a Pasuk where the Torah clearly says you count 50 days, but we only count 49 days. Why doesn't Rava comment here? See how great the rabbis are. The Torah says 50, and look at the genius of the rabbis and how they're able to interpret it to mean 49. Why wait until all the way near the end of the Torah in Parshas Kisete when the same lesson is available right here in the book of Ayikra? Rav Meir Yechiel asks this question. He's known as the Ostravarov. He lived in the early 1900s. And he gives the following answer. Gavra Rabba, a great man, a great person, does not mean a person who is a genius. A genius is a person who is smart. Because a person is smart does not necessarily mean that they are great. A person who is a genius has the ability to reinterpret verses with their intellectual prowess, it looks like it means this, but really it means something else. That doesn't make a person, a, a Gavra Rabba, a great person. 
What makes a person a Gavra Rabba is a person who sees the pain that another person is going to feel. 40 lashes. And is sensitive to that pain. And uses their intellect to find a way to reduce the number 40 at least to 39. And keep in mind, we're not talking about a tzaddik that's getting these lashes. We're not talking about a wonderful person. We're talking about a person who did a crime and there were eyewitnesses and they gave him a warning and there was a Sanhedrin of 23 judges who after hearing the witnesses and seeing the evidence, majority pronounced him guilty. This is a Russia. This is a criminal. And it's a person who did it on purpose, knowing that they would be punished for this. And yet the greatness of a person is to look at this individual, this criminal. The Torah says 40. Is there any way we might be able to reinterpret the verse to mean not so many, but only 39? Says Rava, that's a Gavra Rava. Greatness lies in how we treat others how we find ways to reduce their suffering. That's why Rava had to wait for this example, the earlier example about Sfiras Omer, it says 50, but it really only means 49. That's intellectual prowess. Okay, that's very smart, but that's not greatness. A person can be very intelligent, a person can be very powerful. A person can be very wealthy. Those are not symptoms of greatness. They may be tools to greatness. Maybe if they're used properly. But greatness only means when you use the tools that you have, intellectual, etc. You use them to help another person. Greatness is when you have the ability to figure out how another person should serve less, should suffer less. And when you have figured out how to alleviate the suffering of another person through the talents that God has given you, that's when you're called great. And that is the greatness to which all of us should aspire. My friends, I want to wish you a wonderful day, a great day in which we all find ways to help other people. And I hope to see all of you soon in person.